big ups. Welcome to the Audio Lighthouse Podcast, where we'll be revealing potent and timely ideas for navigating the ocean of life. I'm your host, Jovial Joel, an eternal optimist with a scientific mind, continuously capitalizing on my curiosity. That's who we are. This episode is titled, Our First Eye, Beyond Physical Sight. Its purpose is to raise our awareness of our powerful envisioning instrument, and lifting its priority, and how we use it to impact our own lives. Now, I know, I know, you more than likely heard it referenced as the third eye. But this discussion will beg to differ that with its abilities, it should be engaged with as the first eye. As we converse onwards into the future, we'll uncover that all is spiritual and eventually condenses into the last stop of vibration, the physical. The light we'll be offering today is that the sight of this eye governs what the physical eyes will encounter and observe, a cause and effect. So when you think about what we have within our brain as the pineal gland, it's a necessary element to how we sleep, and how we deal with light and darkness, two polarities, light and darkness. So it is an instrument, a gland, a part of our endocrine system. Uh, It works uh, with handing out and distributing certain chemicals and elements that change our state of consciousness. When we're talking, the first eye is definitely about our sleep sequence. It deals with melatonin. It, It deals with melatonin in that the adequate amount of darkness will secrete the most melatonin, giving you the deepest sleep and the deepest dreams and the, the most vivid dream realm, I would say. It's very visionary inside of it. So I believe that a part of this, not only dealing with our physical observers of light and darkness, it helps us to see spiritual and mental observational light and darkness in the form of dream imagery as well as daydreaming uh, is my thoughts on that first time. As well as this is in the base of the brain, so it's surrounded by all the other elements of the brain. It's almost like it's protected. So that first eye or that pineal gland in the center of our brain is a protected element of us dealing with light and darkness. So sleep is important. Sleep Many uh, spiritual guides and teachers, master teachers have argued that sleep and the dream realm may just be our original home and that this physical body has to even sleep. That first eye that connects the mental and dream and spiritual realm to the physical body experience doesn't need sleep. So it is the instrument in which we view into the dream plane. Very interesting because we only need one eye to connect to that realm but we need two eyes for our plane of existence on this physical realm of earth. Hmm, very interesting. So, in thinking about that first eye, let us imagine this. When we think about its scientific and anatomical connection to our experience, that pineal gland, the first eye. The darker the sleep, the more engaged it becomes. So hence why oftentimes it's best to be in complete darkness when you sleep to really get the full wisdom that this pineal gland or first eye will have available to you in this life path. You're a successful event planner. You've been flown to the coast of the country 
at the top-notch resort that is available there to put on the most splendid gala for the most adorable couple you'd ever met. This will be their 40th anniversary. And it's you fly into town two to three days earlier to make sure all your accommodations are in place and that your team is ready to put it on. You're driving along the scenic route, going to get some lunch and meet up with some local people you know there. As you return back from that lunch, you start to envision your scenery around you. Your scenery is beautiful. It's a seaside, oceanside scenery. There's many bridges you have to cross. There are people fishing, crabbing along the sides of these bridges, and there are many little beach houses that sprawl along the scenic highway route and you're just enjoying the sea the people having a good time the sun shining off the water people are even able to drive their vehicles on the nearby beachside settings off of the waterway but you're an event planner you have an event coming up as you're driving your inner eye your first eye gives you a vision of your event that is being held in the next couple of days and you see the ins and outs you see how people are arriving you see how they are drinking the champagne that they have available you see how they're hugging the guests and the people of honor the couple who's having their 40th anniversary and you see yourself smiling and engaging with those but all the while you're still driving you're seeing the inner vision of the future event while you're driving on this sunny scenic route Think about that. Think about that. How many times in our lives are we able to be doing something as really complex as driving and we have an an entire vision presented in our current vision? It's like an inner television screen turns on almost. And we have access to it. It's like a closed circuit television station only for you. And in that, you're able to see the future, get premonitions of what you're working on, see an entire world before that world exists, and you can see it. All the while, you're driving along a scenic route that has some of the best physical views that this landscape has to offer. How is it that the first eye can work in tandem with the two eyes, in that you have a whole movie being made out while you're living life in real time? That is the power of our first eye. It is outstanding in being able to be our secondary vision in a conscious situation. Like I said, in this Imagine This, you are literally driving and viewing the beauty of the landscape that you were handling this event. And the whole while, it's almost as if at times the first eye doesn't need to be summoned. It'll just turn on because... It seemingly knows what you're up against in the physical. For you to have more preparedness and more comfortability in what you're going into because you're you're already seeing it. It's like you're being able to rehearse. So how does rehearsal feel to any performer, any athlete, any artist? It feels excellent because it's like you've already done it. One thing that the great champion who sits on the top of the mountain, Michael Jordan, has said that when it is time for the final shot, he's able to hit it because he's practiced that situation so many times. It becomes muscle memory. It becomes easy. 
So our first hour, pineal gland gives us that opportunity to be there and experience it before it happens. And we must take full advantage of that daily. Heck, within every moment, that first eye is useful to you coming out on top in the situations that you are preparing to live through. Other questions that come to mind in that scenario. How is it that the first eye knows the future with the information given to it? How is it able to put together the entire scene with all the information it has? And even add opportunity for some more magical things to occur. Like side conversations or Uh, other work opportunities or other event planning referrals all those things could be presented while you're driving down a scenic highway against the ocean preparing to put on a 40th gala for a beautiful couple the first eye folks we all have it the next aspect of our first eye the pineal gland for us to discuss is its spiritual esoteric aspects that correlate to the physical and scientific aspects we spoke on earlier. So, one thing about this first eye, it is used and known in many mansions, because in the house there are many mansions. So, many mansions understand the power of this gland and what it means to the spiritual aspirant on their life experience. It's a very impressive tool to your progression. So in many cultures, you'll see it shown in the symbology of a pine cone because it resembles a pine cone in shape. And and when you dissect or jump into a cadaver brain, you're able to see that. And so one thing about it, our people are curious scientific people, and we've always dug deeper into how this whole thing is constructed so in looking at the physical anatomy you'll notice that the eye of Heru in the comedic culture is a resemblance of the pineal glands positioning in the central area of the brain it's almost as if the the pineal gland exists as the pupil of the eye in the eye of Heru such that it was literally transcribed from a cross-section of a brain of a human. And so that's another spiritual symbol that connects to a physical instrument within this life experience of ours. So you see pine cones. The Pope even has a pine cone type statues all throughout the Vatican and in different areas and it's pointing to the power of this first eye this pineal gland that looks like a pine cone it's named after that anatomically and it's the outward symbol of the inward grace of that pineal gland or our first eye so the committed culture attached the eye of Heru to its connecting symbol that points to that potency that can be unleashed in our lives and 
the spiritual aspect speaks to how it's a tool for us to use. We must use consciously this pineal gland, this first eye, in how we put our life together because that's what its purpose on an esoteric or an inward level is to construct the inward world prior to experiencing it such that you've already experienced that which is to come in your life so you'll be very bold and very sufficient and proficient in that true scenario so spiritually these symbols the pine cone the eye of heru help to get the people to remember to use that to honor that to make sure that you know yourself in how to use that instrument to get your outcomes and to find your fulfillment down here to get things to manifest you'll see it through the lens of that first eye before we ever see it down here in the physical so we all need to lean on that faculty especially now we're creating a new normal will need this pineal gland more than ever in this current now because the solutions must be created if the world has problems solutions must be created to soothe those that's one thing every problem already has a solution so pineal glands help to distinguish the events to make that outcome come to be so symbology helps to remind you that in real life some people have uh, in their driveways they may have bricked, uh, two brick columns as you enter the driveway with two pine cones on each one. You know, that's to let one know that their the owner is a manifester, one who diligently seeks that which the first eye can present. And especially in seeing the symbols, I'm sure that they meditate. Spiritually and in this experience, meditation is when you charge that first eye up to really dwell within it for a while to see how the spirit sees to see what needs to be shown in the darkness we spoke earlier how the melatonin allows us to sleep and go into that darkness so as we close our eyes and meditate we're able to receive the visions that are presented through the power of this first eye our meditations put this on front and center When we meditate in the darkness, the pineal gland is the ruler. So we go there. We always see in cultures in the uh, Indus Valley where they will adorn their foreheads with a red dot to symbolize that power that's possessed in that base of their brain that envisions and puts that imagery right there on that lower forehead above the eyebrows. It speaks to the power of that first eye and how they are utilizing its power to bring fulfillment into their lives through whatever mansion they may be following or dwelling within, I should say, in thought and in action. So this thing has a whole nother set of powerful abilities in a meditative state. Our pineal glands all differ in their ability so one thing I can say is that others have a more unleashed pineal gland based off how they eat, live, dwell think and practice their mansion whatever their belief be and so 
inside that meditative state, they may have a wilder or more astral or more cosmological, or more cosmologically expanding experience in their meditation because of the ability of their pineal gland. You could think of it almost as if it's a muscle. Certain muscles on, on our physical vessels give us more strength and more ability to perform in certain arenas physically, say as gladiators or athletes. So the same thing exists in the thought that our first eye, how in shape, how non-calcified, we'll talk about that soon, <clears throat> excuse me, it is, the better it performs. And as it performs, this is the consciousness, your awareness is receiving this and experiencing this. It's seemingly no different. I would say it's even more potent than the physical experience, our first eye. So spiritually, it is a juggernaut. It is a it is a big player in the spiritual arsenal that we all have. And we all have this so that we can take these spiritual tools to help build our physical, fill ourselves while we're down here. That's what it's about. Finding our fulfillment and building it. Spiritual esoteric world pineal gland is a juggernaut, the symbol of the pine, pine cone, which it represents the eye of Heru, which shows it as the central point of the eye but also connects to the cross-section of a human brain. And through meditation. Meditation, this thing is a wild one. It will show you, it may show you your future, your past, all in one. Who knows? This thing is beyond words. But we're using words today, in this moment, in this now, to look to nail down why it's important to us and why we have it. Now, one technology here in our physical realm that looks to mimic the pineal gland and the first eye's capabilities and we all love it it's the centerpiece of every home's living room or den it's the television the television is a technology that derives from the desire to recreate the envisioning the imagery engine that is the first eye where we got our original ability to think of a thought with some creativity some imagination that's what the television does it takes on that same imagery screen that is inside of the darkness or presented on our foreheads in the darkness when we meditate it's interesting that the inventors of that were very gung-ho on the power of imagery and being able to input imagery within those who viewed it I mean, no coincidence that what we view on television at large and in mass is type programming. Because that's how powerful it is. These images are usually supposed to be constructed by the individual that's in that body. Whenever we start to process and take on imagery from someone else, we're taking on a lot of energy, a lot of creative energy from an entity that's not you. So you could be manipulated from the inside out, essentially on the, the large scale effect of what the television does. You know, it's a wonder uh, it, it gained its notoriety through uh, how Nazi Germany used it in programming a lot of their captives of war on the uh, Jew side of it. And that's unfortunate, but we see now that that television is powerful because it 
mimics the power of this first eye pineal gland. That's why it's powerful. Imagery is powerful. It's so powerful that you can think a thought and bring it to the physical world of fire, air, earth, and water. You can bring it into the four elements by seeing it there in the first eye first. So why not invent a machine where we can create visions and imagery and be able to present that over and over again to a certain faction of people such that they now have our image of what we want the future to be and they subconsciously may take on those roles and make that vision come to be just as we do singularly with our one pineal gland so the television is very much a copycat and it's not as really detailed as the experience our first eye can give us but hey for something that's an invention in the physical world it's very powerful the advertising and media conglomerate basically rules our current world when it comes to attention and whatever has your attention has you so one thing that the television does that reading can combat is how the imagery is input into us meaning we are totally passive in how we deal with that imagery just comes right into us and we receive it the power of reading is such that we take characters push them into word form read and speak those together making statements and what we do is with our first time we are constructing visions from the words given from reading text so it's powerful it's like remember we spoke earlier how the pineal gland will function better for others as different body parts as muscles because certain muscles operate better in certain arenas well the ability for the the ability to strengthen the pineal gland comes with reading because you're taking words and you're creating thought form image with those words making the imagination or the imaginative functions of this first eye come alive so readers have great imaginations because you and I can read the same thing and both of our first eyes will present two different worlds the characters will not look alike the setting and landscape will not look alike but they'll have general similarities based off the traits given in the words my reality paints it one way your reality painted another way and that's the power so with the amount of television we are susceptible to with this generation and it's almost unavoidable but if you want to balance it out and I encourage all to balance is what we should all strive for not looking to get rid of the television we want to leverage it to our benefit but in balancing that leverage reading leverage reading leaders are readers so I know I'm speaking to a lot of leaders right now so reading is how we are going to be able to lift weights and strengthen that pineal gland we lift the pineal gland weights by reading taking those words and actually creating thought form image with our own pineal glands our own first eyes and then we have a more imaginative a more dynamic first eye that we can lean on for our for detailing our world and and when we're on this television of course there's a director there's a producer there's all type of titles that go along 
in making it become a reality for you to uh, digest or ingest, I should say, ingest it as far as visually. So the part where we come in using this to our power is where we take on our own life as if it's a sitcom or a television show or a movie or a dramedy, whatever genre you would consider your life path to be, but you become the director. You construct very meticulously the details of future events, future discussions with your spouse about something, future discussions with your children about what you desire in them to do, special discussions about raises at work and how that conversation goes with your team. Being able to take all the information you have in the now and take some time to get silent and to go into the darkness of meditation and contemplation we use the first eye to construct that future scene just like a director would. And what I like to do, I like to basically transpose my consciousness and my awareness visually as like I'm like a, a three-dimensional boom camera. And I can just fly and maneuver throughout the entire scenario, pause it, see myself in real time, see my other characters in this situation that's going to occur in my life in real time, be able to see how they, I can go all the way from the back or the the ending of the situation, see the outcome that I desire and work backwards in my scene as a director by stepping backwards for saying, okay, if, if that's the effect at the end, what did I do to cause that? And then the first eye somehow knows, it shows you what you did to cause the outcome and you go through that as if you are learning those lines as a character you see how yourself is speaking in that scenario you see how you are deferring maybe you see how you are listening that's a big part sometimes you see how you are listening in this future scenario and lo and behold every time that you so that as many times as you construct it with detail the more vivid the more real it's going to be to you your preparedness is going to feel amazing you'll be so at ease and comfortable going into some of the toughest or most um pressing and anxious outcome events you can construct those ahead of time now not saying that we control every aspect of the reality because life is going to life oftentimes you'll build a scenario build a vision of your future moment and something will come and and totally knock the ability for that scenario to occur out of the way sometimes people reschedule but this is where you still take your power and you take control of your life by constructing it prior because a lot of times i say 80 percent of the times how you constructed it is what you get to start that scenario off with and whatever externalities come with or come through that hey so be it but you've done the best you can in getting ready to construct those future moments. And a lot of times, it's best to utilize this practice before we go to sleep. Why? We're going into the darkness of the day. The melatonin is starting to kick in. The darker it is, the better the pineal first eye will secrete that melatonin. The deeper the sleep. So why not take the time to meditate prior to sleep such that you are constructing the day in the day before before you go to sleep so that prior to going to sleep you have now experienced and felt this scenario you've become the director you've shown the camera uh, a, a 
of awareness to the people involved, yourself included. You see how everybody discusses things and comes to the outcome you're looking to get to. And you see what you did to cause that. And then you go to sleep. Now the magic comes where the first hour then unlock a dream world, possibly throwing you into an awareness stage or plane of the dream to where you can even experience it on a in real time almost or see the see the effects of the scenario live in that world for a while the pineal gland is unlimited so it is a limitless instrument of utilization by us we must continuously lean on its abilities to construct our future moments it just makes us a little more real when we go into those moments and we get the outcomes we desire or if we don't get the outcome we desire we're comfortable either way because now we know the process of what we have in a say in our own life constructing that constructing that vision and going into it boldly which which fully engages in our vibration anyway to attract the outcome so this is all you or us Ritualizing our everyday by constructing it using our pineal gland and first eye. A lot of what we know now is actually from discoveries of the pineal gland from the mid-1900s. So modern day science was able to see the distinction of the pineal gland on cadavers of casualties from Vietnam War around that area. One thing they noticed was that our melanated brothers who were dissected and the non-melanated brothers or our Caucasian brothers had two different type of states of their pineal glands. The non-melanated brothers or our Caucasian brothers had a more calcified pineal gland that had calcium deposits on most of its uh, layer of skin that it is basically and our melanated brothers who can darken with the sun their pineal glands were non-calcified and seemed to be uh, larger and as I stated non-calcified meaning they were probably operating at a high level so the melatonin that is processed in the first hour pineal gland is directly connected to the eumelanin of our melanated brothers who darken with the sun so that probably is a direct connection to the how that muscle works in the different ethno groups based off how much you melanin is being produced to also add to the melatonin. So the MEL is, has to be connected in the sequence of these two molecules. But those war cadavers in the mid-1900s shine a scientific light that non-melanated beings may hold a more calcified pineal gland than our melanated brothers who darken with the sun who have a more alive non-deadened tissue for that particular gland so it probably speaks to the difference of uh, imagination creativity uh, rhythm music all the things that the eumelanin or the melanin cell allows um those with high capacities and productions of it to take advantage of in our society when it comes to presenting art and music and athleticism. It speaks to 
maybe also a difference in how we engage in our interpersonal relationships in a sense of regions from where our genes derive. So a lot was gained by those particular scientific discoveries in the mid-1900s. But another discovery was that fluoride, all the fluoride in the body is most highly concentrated with this pineal gland. So that would add to a calcifying effect if two or an imbalance, if an imbalance of, of fluoride entered the body, they would collect mostly at the pineal gland, successfully calcifying it, minimizing its powerful effects. So it's interesting that in this same mid-1900s, there was a mass push to add fluoride to our water supplies, increase the fluoridation of toothpaste and uh, mouthwash and dental care. And it makes you wonder, was this to deaden this envisioning, manifesting tool of the pineal gland of the people? Uh, Because 20, 20, 70 years plus since this time and and the addition of fluoride into our water supplies as well as into our dental products, if it was all about better dental health and less cavities there would probably have been a spike or should I say a a downtrend on the amount of cavities or tooth decay but those numbers are pretty consistent from even the mid 1900s when they actually added these fluoridation uh, compliance regulations to water supplies as well as the dental services so I said all that to say that if the fluoride addition to the dental products over time had no change or positive effect of minimizing tooth decay and cavities why still is fluoride such a huge proponent in our water and our toothpaste if the dental state did not change or positively change in mass seems like the fluoride did not work or was it posed as that reason for the addition of the fluoride, but there was another reason to keep the people as sheeple by calcifying their pineal glands. You put it in your mental and spiritual court of law, but if you research those dental numbers, they have not changed pretty much at all since this addition. Maybe the fluoride was added for another reason. So whatever that reason may be, we've come to the closing of this episode, and hopefully you now know and can agree that our first eye is beyond physical sight and we should deem it as our first eye because it is that powerful in helping us find fulfillment and create fulfillment in this life experience so both on the scientific side and the spiritual side it has much value we see how it's been used for inventive purposes and control we even took a ride as a as a event planner at a resort to feel in real time those effects in a different scenario. So one thing about it, two things for sure, it looks like the sun is coming up. It's time to shut the lighthouse down. But you're always welcome. So as we always say, what y'all finna do? See you next time on the Audio Lighthouse Podcast.